Well, the next voice that you'll hear will be one that I'm sure many of you will recognise, as it belongs to our very own Jane Campion-Hoy. Now, apart from Jane's work with us here on the Talking Newspaper, she's a trained facilitator for reading groups, and she's here to tell us all about that. So, welcome to the interview slot, Jane, and fill us out with some more details about this programme and what are its origins? Yes, I mean, this is a programme I've trained on earlier this year and have really got into, and it's basically bibliotherapy, which is uh, using reading to promote well-being in people, in various people groups. But I've been trained through an organisation that people, your listeners may have heard of, called Reading for Wellbeing, which is quite well-developed in the Birmingham area and is a recovery and wellbeing programme that's backed by Birmingham and Solihull Mental Health Foundation. So primarily these are reading groups for mental health service users. So apart from the mental health people, who else can benefit from this? Well, actually, I believe anyone can of, of any age, of any kind of condition, because basically this is all built on the work of something that your listeners may also have read about and heard about which is get into reading that started up in liverpool it was pioneered by a woman called jane davis who herself came from a background where she hadn't had much education was a single mother i believe and then through getting into reading she herself developed a whole new life and she was so excited about the potential of reading literature and what it can do that she started up the Get Into Reading programme, which started in Liverpool, but is now all over the country. And has there been medical research into the effectiveness of this sort of therapy? Well, yes, I mean, bibliotherapy, as it's, as it's called, is a fast-growing profession all over the world. In mm. fact, there have been studies by scientists over the last 20 years that have endorsed how beneficial it is for people to not just read, but this is about reading out loud and about reading out loud together. So it's about the process of listening, as you do when you're listening to the talking newspaper. But this is for people who often wouldn't be listening to something. They would be reading privately or they wouldn't be reading because they would find reading difficult. This opens it up to all sorts of people. But where they have done the most research is with mental health sufferers. And they found, for example, in Alabama, that depressives treated with bibliotherapy had less chance of relapsing back into their illness than if they were given medication. Uh, at King's College in London, they also explored the use of writing, which I also do in my workshops, using writing to write poetry alongside the reading. And they saw that it really brought beneficial well-being and all sorts of other kind of life-enhancing benefits to not just mental health uh, service users, but people who, for example, teenage cancer sufferers. It works with the elderly. It works with postnatal depressive mothers who find it very difficult to bond with their children. They've discovered that if they can encourage the mother to read out loud to her child, it creates a bond. It is something about... It's really, if you think back over the hundreds and hundreds of years, we've always had the tradition of, of storytelling and the oral tradition of, of telling a story. It is something about speaking out loud that story, a good story, has to be well written and sharing it with others and there's something about that live interaction which actually promotes well-being. So what actually attracted you to the scheme Jane? I love reading. I just absolutely love reading books. I love reading out loud. I love doing my work for the talking newspaper. 
Uh, but for many years I was a, an actress and I did perform a number of radio plays and, and did voiceover work. And I just love using my voice to read out good scripts and good literature. So how does the project actually work? Do you read it on a one-to-one basis at um, your listeners' homes or do you do a recording like the talking newspaper? No, it's not in that way something that someone's listening to privately. There is something in the process about it being live. So it's with a group of people, although I have done it on a one-to-one basis, but primarily how Reading for Wellbeing is used in Birmingham and how I'm using it at the moment is in a group. It would also usually be done for a mental health service provider. So, for example, I'm going to be doing one for uh, the Phoenix Centre and they have a hub that meets in Sutton Colfield. So I will be doing that at Sutton Colfield Methodist Church and there will be a group of people coming to that place to meet together. It's also been done at libraries. I've done one at a, a centre over in Barkbrook and they have also been done basically in any community centre but you're talking about a group of people coming together usually an optimum number about 10 so 10 people biggest group I've done is 14 smallest group I've done has been two or three and what it is is that that I as a facilitator will choose the material it'll usually be like a short story Mm -hmm. or a chapter of a novel and I will read it out loud to the group who will also all have a copy So although they're listening, they're also reading. And we've discovered there's an offshoot of doing this work. It's not just about promoting well-being. It actually helps people's literacy because these are people who may not read very much, certainly might not read classic literature. And suddenly they're participating in maybe reading a French classic or a Dickens that they've never come across before, a Charles Dickens or a George Orwell. And they'll be following it at the same time as I'm reading it out loud. But then what happens, and that's where I had to be trained, is that I will stop at intervals. Mm -hmm. Usually maybe after a section, a few paragraphs, Mm -hmm. I will stop at a particular point and invite a group discussion. And that's where the healing takes place because what we've discovered is, and what scientists have discovered, is that when people are encouraged to talk about a character in a story, they will often identify with a character that they themselves feel very close to. And it's a safe place for them to actually, they might be talking about the character's divorce or mental breakdown or illness or life-changing situation, but actually they're talking about themselves. But they're doing it in a safe way, which means that they have a chance to speak about subjects that they would never normally speak about. And they're sharing it with other people, which means that it's also promoting social inclusion. So a lot of people who are depressed will tend to draw themselves away and live in isolation. Within these groups, they can talk about a character in a book together. They can express opinions about that character in a non-judgmental environment. And that's where we find that the healing comes. They'll want to come on a weekly basis, do it over and over again. And that's why I enjoy facilitating that kind of process. It sounds really fantastic and great work. Just really about the materials, books, magazines that are read, are they specifically written or are they chosen by those that you're reading to? Are they fact or fiction? How does it work in that respect? That's a very good question. 
In fact, the argument is that the better the literature, the more productive the session. You don't dumb it down. If somebody hasn't read very much or, or may even be illiterate, you don't just choose the simplest thing. In fact, the best thing is to choose something that's really well written, well crafted. It's not specifically written for the session. You're tending to work with well-known established classics. But training I had gave me access to a lot of material. So I've probably got a storehouse now of about, a, I don't know, 140 stories. And there are some fantastic short stories out there in translation from all over the world. And they tend to be stories that you can use with all sorts of different types of ethnic groups, different cultures. And they primarily are fiction so that you can get people out of their own world into another world. You can work with, and, and some groups have, worked through a whole novel where you would literally read a chapter or two each session. There is no uh, restriction on the material. What the restriction is, is on the timing of it. You would meet for an hour and the pieces are carefully timed. I would have to work on those pieces to time them myself, or actually I have a whole anthology of timed work that Get Into Reading have produced. There's a book called Reading Out Loud, which is published by them which is again all about this and the, the, their stories tend to be an average in between 17 to 25 minutes because when you're stopping and starting an hour flies by and session might actually be 90 minutes you'll probably have coffee to start with get to know each other because it's a social group you get to promote interaction then I would read the story but I would probably stop it about four or five times and I would stop it probably for about five minutes at a time to have a discussion and then by the end of all of that, I might introduce a writing exercise where they would listen to a poem and then write a poem in that sort of style by something that they've been inspired by in the story. And that's very fruitful as well. And what I have found is that if it's a really well-written poem, it will inspire, even from someone who can't write very much, it will inspire good work. So I think that the answer to your question, the short answer is very good literature, very well-written literature, and the timing is crucial. And finally, Jane, if listeners want to find out more about this work, how can they do so? Well, that's again a good question. I mean, there is the reader organisation and they have a website. Reading for Wellbeing, if they were to Google that on the net, they have a, a website. Or they could contact me uh, via yourself, via the Talking Newspaper, and I could point them in the right direction. That's lovely. Well, Jane, that's uh, really fascinating, the uh, work that you're doing there. And it's always interesting to learn about what else our volunteers do apart from talking newspapers. So thank you for opening that up, uh, Jane. And thanks for spending the time this morning and for doing um, uh, your own research into being interviewed. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Ian.